I got Sonny going. Got the, hey, hey, welcome to the Floor You Podcast. I'm Paul Pleshek. We're here with my co-host, Sonny Callahan. This is a show about everything in the flooring universe. Hello, is hello. Enough? Is that cheesy enough there for you, Sonny? That's great, Paul. Thanks. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, you know, I told Sonny before the show started we were going to go kind of uh, cheesy disc jockey on him this week. So, yeah, I, I'm working on... Uh, Trying to find some things that I can do that's going to make be cringeworthy for him. Make sure we can get Sonny to say some of these to make some of these uh, faces that that we all enjoy. You know, when we when he hears things like like what it's a work in progress. I you know if people think this is going to be a, uh, a a smooth show in the near future, they have tuned into the wrong podcast. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> if I just get up and walk away, you'll know where I, you know, you'll know why. We'll know, we'll know for sure. Now, I, uh, overall, I got to say, I think the podcast was pretty well received. I think uh, there was some good feedback on it. We had some, uh, some likes, we had some views. And yeah. I had think some it's... Uh, subscribers on YouTube, so that was good. That's what you should be doing right now. There's a button down below. Please hit subscribe. Just want to sound like all of the other people on, on YouTube where we inform you that if you don't hit subscribe, that you're not really following us. You can't be a member of our Floor You family. Yeah. The Floor You Militia, I think, is what we're going to go ahead and call everybody. Floor You Militia. So we'll have a bunch of stuff ready for that. Our guest today will tell us how we can market that better. Sonny, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Yeah, hey, so everybody can see him on the screen. Today is our guest, Ken Ballin. Uh, how you doing today, Mr. Ken? I'm good, Sonny. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. I appreciate you coming on here today. For those of you who don't know Ken, he is a, uh, a flooring installer in the Northeast in New Jersey. Um, does hard surfaces. Uh, we met through the Flooring Installers of America Facebook page, which is uh, by far one of my favorite pages. I have to tell you, Paul and I were talking about that today, is that uh, whenever I'm having a bad day, I just go on that page and I f instantly feel better. I'm in a better mood. So because somebody <laughs> ultimately has it way worse than me. <laughs> and, and, so, uh, and Ken, we wanted you to feel right at home, so... Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah, no, we're we're good. <laughs> we got you covered. <laughs> I like it. I like this, it. This ties in perfectly with why you're here. But before we jump into that, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Ken? Uh, well, um, my name, like Sonny said, my name is Ken Ballin. I own Skyro Floors um, at the Jersey Shore. Uh, I do hard surface flooring and custom tile work. Uh, a lot of my businesses right now is mostly custom tile and vinyl plank. Um, I started my business a little over 10 years ago and um, stuck mainly to flooring. And then I'd say in the past three or four years, kind of went into showers and custom tile work. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of your work in showers. This guy is amazing with what he can do. It's, uh, it's a talent. Oh, sure. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we, we, we joke about it. I'm losing these things because I can't see anything. <laughs> I'm guessing yours didn't cost 1050. 
but uh, we joke about it, but you know, that's one of the things that's recognizable right off the bat. And we, there's, there is marketing there's, especially when the, the industry evolves around personalities, as far as you get onto social media, try to do things, the, the personality and the, and something that's recognizable, simple as some white sunglasses, I suppose. Uh, I, didn't, I don't think I don't think I pulled it off as well though, because I got this stuff up here. It's uh, I think it's called hair. You two, did a, <laughs> you two did a better job than I did. You're the odd man out today, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what what Paul is saying is right because if you go, you know, in our in our inner circle of folks here in Flooring Installers of America, or even CFI on that page, if you just post a picture of white glasses. Everybody knows who we're talking about. That's branding right there, my friend. I love it. Everybody yeah, knows we're yeah. talking about Ken. So again, that's part of why we're bringing you on today. Um, you know, when when Paul and I talk to people and we're training people on how to be inspectors, we're training people how to be installers. We're talking to them about so much more than how to put the floors down, because the people have to realize they're business owners. Okay, sure you, sure you can go in and be an employee, but most of the time they're going to be business owners and running your business takes a lot more skill than knowing how to put down the floor. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, so tell us some of the things that you've done with marketing your business that uh, that that the, for for people who don't know you, you know, what what would they recognize and what do you try to do to stand out? Well, what I as far as uh, an online presence and social media is concerned, I really, and I, I preach this to everybody, I get messages all the time asking me about it, um, <clears throat> how to interact with your social media feeds, with other people on social media. And one of my biggest sources for business is just a local neighborhood Facebook group, honestly. And I'm, I'm active on it. I don't necessarily plug my business every post, every comment, but I've developed a reputation where so-and-so is looking for an electrician. Oh, my buddy's an electrician. I use him on all my projects. He's fantastic. Tell him Ken Ballen from Skyro Floors sent you, and he'll take care of you. Uh, same thing, plumbers, painters. You know, you work, you build a network of people that you trust that you use on your projects, and um, you know, you make sure to refer them by referring these other people before you're even considering looking for business yourself. You've already established yourself, uh, yourself as a, a source of information in the community. So people know that I do flooring and know that I do tile. I mean, it's all over my profiles. It's all over all my feeds. Um, but it's not out of the ordinary to see me respond to a post that has nothing to do with tile or flooring. And it's just about building your reputation in your community before you think about making the sale. Okay. Keep keeping yourself relevant on social media. That's a big part. You know, somebody like Paul or myself, maybe a little bit older than you, you know, we don't think about social media. Um, someone explained it to me or, or related it to me is, you know, maybe maybe social media today is like web pages were back in the 90s. You just didn't know if you needed it, but everybody had one. Let's kind of do it, kind of do it. But it's the way of the future. This, this, this is the way business is going to be done in 15, 20 years. It's going to be all through the computer, through social media. So you need to start yeah. building your presence now for sure. You, you know, oh, Sonny, it is, it, it is. But at the same time, 
it's the same concept of networking. I know when I started my carpet cleaning business, one of the first thing I did was go out and start dealing with local retailers, start talking to them, start letting them know what I can do, why they should recommend me. And when I showed up at the job, that job was already sold. And having that kind of a referral system gives you the ability to charge more because people are already confident in your ability. So in the sense that, yeah, it's a new way of doing it. It's a new way of building those relationships where you're getting these strong recommendations, these recommendations that are are already telling that customer, this is the guy to go with. It's a really a new way to just network within your, like you're saying, you network within these groups like you would have networked at uh, home builders associations or you would have networked with retailers or distributors or however or trade you work show or whatever yeah 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 but i think that that's the big part of where we go with that concept that networking concept is social media because everybody uses it now you know it's yeah. not when facebook came out facebook was for kids well now the grown-ups have scared them away and <laughs> it's pretty much it's Just pretty much people <laughs> <laughs> You know, how many I different thought... uh, how many different social media platforms are you on, Ken? Well, I mean, uh, Facebook's great, and like you said, a lot of the um, more established individuals. Good way to put I, that. I yeah, I, oh. I don't. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's all right. Um, you know, the, your the, customers the are old. That's where you need to be. A little, <laughs> a little more experienced than maybe I have. Um, are are you know kind of in with the Facebook. Um, but the other platforms are, are really great for different crowds as well. Um, Instagram is really great for other contractors, networking with, uh, builders, with companies of the tools that you're using and everything like that. And, um, LinkedIn is another good one, uh, more towards like business relationships. I, I also have a TikTok account. Everything's at the same, uh, at Skyro Floors, but, uh, TikTok is huge with the kids right now. And everybody laughs at TikTok, but the bottom line is if Facebook and Instagram shut down tomorrow, where, what are you left with? You need other right. platforms. So LinkedIn and TikTok are where it's at. And each kid with a TikTok has a parent with a TikTok who's monitoring their activity. True. And I, I just wrote, uh, well, I'm in the process of writing an article for Clean Facts. And part of that has to do with marketing. And, and there's a quote I use in it that talks about a... The millennial, the, the millennial generation, right? The the millennials, our the older generations, grew up and accepted technology. It was something that they they learned to understand and they and they accepted it. The millennial generation grew up with it in their lives. They don't accept it. They expect it, right? That whole immersion in every new technology or new platform that comes out is where they expect to find these things. They don't expect to have to go out and searching for people. They expect to be able to find them on the platforms they're already on. Mm -hmm. And those millennials are, it's a, it's a wide range, but I think the millennials are what? 37 now at, at the high end, something like that. No, they, I don't know. I think that would make me a millennial. So I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, by definition, I'm a Gen Xer. Nobody cares about us, you know? <laughs> 
that was a, that was an NWFA presentation about generations a couple of years ago. He goes through the the baby boomers and then the millennials, and he says, "Oh yeah, and you Gen Xers, yeah, nobody cares about you." And he just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they don't. <laughs> I'm a middle child. I'm used to it. Nobody nobody's cared about me, but that's all right. <laughs> you know, I, I know we didn't prepare you for this, Ken, but do you have a a picture of your Skyro mobile? Uh, yeah, actually. Hold on one second. Let me see what I can do here. Look at this live feed right here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is... Oh, I got the dog falling on me. Hold on. Let me sneak out here. So it's hard for me to see what you can see. Right, you're but good. But I will try and zoom out here. Sorry, I was roasting in my office and here. Holy there cow. There she is. Look at that. So Woody. That's... Yep, that's the uh, the Skyro mobile, the Skyro Woody. Um, you can see, I really can't see anything. I got to apologize. <laughs> but here's the here. Oh yeah, I got. Yeah, show us your certification. I'm a C CTI. Can you see it? Yes, yep. sir. Okay, CTI. I'm an NTCA member. I'm a CFI installer as well. The so we certified installer. We got. Let's see. Your logo Let's see. branding got your logo up there. Your logo in the top yep, right yep. corner. I got a few so, preferred vendors that I use that, you know, they take up a little space. But yeah, that's her. Uh, and how much nice. does but how much does that sell the job even when you show up? I mean, if you go out to look at the job, they know that you're professional, that you that you're a business. You're not just a guy in a van, right? Yeah, that well, level of professionalism. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you know what? Um, I mean, I, that wrap for that truck was twenty five hundred, um, and it paid for itself in a week, easily. Um, it would have been like eight hundred to just letter it. So I, I just I told him I said, you know, go nuts. I want the top of the top, the best of the best. Go crazy. I'm only going to do it once, which I kind of have to do it over again. But, you know, it's uh, it's total. No, absolutely. It's uh, absolutely. You're yeah, you're freezing up there a little bit, but it, it, it goes it just shows the level of work that you do. It's consistent with that. You know, you're not just pulling up in some uh, some beat-up vehicle. So I, I can appreciate it. I, I think it's great, and I love when you post pictures of it. I see it in magazines all the time, and, and, and I think, just think it's a good role model. So, well, you know what? It, it, just, it, goes back to, it goes back to, you know, getting, getting, building your brand. You know, I talk about it a lot, building your brand. And, you know, the, the Woody is part of my brand. I live by the beach. My target audience is you know, we call them snowbirds, tourists, um, you know, it's second and third houses. Um, but they, they love that truck and it's just, it's part of the brand. Right. Yeah, very nice. I think Tell what us about really some says... of the other certifications that you have. I know you mentioned, is that, are those are the only ones that you have or do you have other ones or we want to, we want to uh... talk a little bit about those. No, um, I mean, my, the, mainly I'm CFI certified in uh, hardwood and laminate and uh, ceramic, and I'm a, I'm a CTI, CTI 1392. Yep. Very nice. 
Very uh, nice. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. How many minutes into the program did that take? That's winning for me. If it took 20 minutes for him to hit that yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, my fingers been itching the whole time I've been sitting here. <laughs> well, I mean, the biggest thing for certifications for me is, you know, is is we have to talk down the expectations sometimes of the installers who want to come to these certifications. So they are trying to equate, okay, I've got this certification. I'm going to make X more per piece that I put down. And that's not really how it works with certifications. You have to do, you have to do more like what you're doing. You have to sell the package of you being a certified business owner, installer, you know what you're doing. The certification goes along with, with your branding and that will get generate you more jobs, more profitable jobs. And it's not just an instant pay raise because you went through the CFI or went through a training, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I get, I get questions all the time specifically about the CTI. CTI is really popular right now. Um, in, in the Facebook groups and, um, you know, there, there's both sides of the argument about about certifications and whether it's worth it or not, whether you need it or not. And I'm I'm a huge advocate for certifications and industry involvement for whatever you can do. I mean, I I used to be a lot more able to get involved than I currently am, just because of how contracts that I used to have have evolved. Um, but you know, it it, it all comes down to uh, building your brand. You know, and being somebody that others can depend on for uh, to be a good source of information, to be a solid source of information, to give them good advice. And I look at it as if you're going to take the time to take the CTI or take your CFI certifications that to go to. I have an NTC event that I'm going to tomorrow night. Uh, they're coming to a local tile shop. Uh, we just did a, a Stone Peak class up at uh, our, our other local best tile. Um, and I, I just go nuts for these things because, you know, it's not just a chance to get your certification to, you know, build your brand, but it's also a chance to network with other installers. And, you know, a lot of the locals say, well, why are, why are you so willing to, you know, give them your secrets? And I said, you know, why are you so willing to give the competition your secrets? And my response is always, I don't have any competition. We, there's no competition. There's plenty of work out there. We just will benefit so much more from helping each other than from hiding our what we use to be successful. That's right. That, and you, know, I, you go, you go into the, uh, you go into the industry, and it, installers, by and large, and Sonny and I kind of had this conversation earlier, and we didn't know if we'd open this can of worms. Well, what the heck? We don't want to. We don't want to be boring here. You know. <laughs> When it comes right down to it, manufacturers are in the business to what? Sell flooring. That's all they're in the business for. They're not in the business to install it. They're not in the business to, to deal with consumers. They're in the business to sell flooring to distributors and retailers. And we we hear a lot, and I might even rant about it later, about the professionalism of installation and, and wanting it to be a skilled trade. It should be a skilled trade. But isn't that really up to the installers to make it that as opposed to somebody coming out and saying, well, you have to be certified to install this or you have to be uh, you have to have this level of education to install that because manufacturers aren't going to push for that at the end of the day because 
they're out there to sell flooring. And the more expensive that the installation is, the more it adds to the bottom line, the more that the less flooring they're going to sell. So doesn't it, doesn't it fall on the installers to improve their own industry, not the rest of the, the industry to try to raise the bar? Well, I kind of think that it's a two-way street. If you're selling a product that I know I won't have an issue with, uh, that's been tried and true, that I can stand behind to my customers, then I'm going to be more likely to push that and pursue any certifications or classes you may have with your products, you know, that I can push that as, as a selling point to my customers. If I can come in and say, uh, things are a little different with the tile industry than hardwood and resilient and everything. But if I can say something like, um, I'm selling a, a Schluter shower and I'm factory trained by Schluter, you know, Schluter is going to, um, you know, back me up with my warranties to my customers as opposed to somebody just selling anything, you know, let's say hardy backer and some sort of, I don't know, paint on membrane. I'm trying not to drop any names. Yeah. Or, <laughs> but they're, or, worse, but they're... Mi- or worse, mixing a couple of different manufacturers on the same job. That's the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but they're still going to come back and say that if you installed it wrong, it's not our problem. If you didn't install it the way we said you have to install it, and really the, the manufacturer makes the rules to the extent that it, if you buy their product, it comes with this warranty. And if you accept that, then, you know, you put it in and you accept the conditions that go with it. So what I guess what I get at is that manufacturers are, are not, it's not really their job to say you have to be certified. You have to get this amount of education. It's their job to say, we told you how to put it in. If you don't know how to do it that way, then that's not our problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. for for a long time, the, the training did come from the manufacturers. And, um, you know, they would want to train each installer based just on their products. But I think we're seeing groups like the CFI and the C, I don't know the ceramic one, CT, CTI? CTEF. 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 Regardless, they're going out and training these guys to make them better. And I think those programs work great. I, I don't think, I think it's, you know, I always say the manufacturers want the installation process to go better, but they don't want to have to be the ones to reinvent the bicycle, to reinvent the wheel. But if you give them the bicycle, they'll ride it. I just screwed up my own saying that I said myself. But if, if you that was you a mixed metaphor, right? Yeah. They don't want to reinvent the wheel, but they want they want to help for sure. But they don't want to put the whole program together. I mean, that's what that's what we run into all the time with NAFCT. So. I think that they're willing to help. Don't get me wrong. And and some of this is devil's advocate. Whenever we talk about these things, some of it's devil's advocate because we hear conversations, and if there's people out there that don't want to have those conversations and we're going to have them on here, you know, and I, I'm, we're, I'm not trying to, to degrade manufacturers or badmouth them in any way. There's just a reality that what do they do? They sell product. And with that product, they have a warranty and installation instructions. After that, it's out of their hands. After that, it's up to the distributor, the retailer, the installer, to make sure that it's installed properly, that the consumer knows that has a good idea. I was just in court this week and the retailer was held responsible for um, not explaining to 
the homeowner the thermodynamic nature of LVT. So the flooring was in the direct sunlight, it expanded out, it buckled, and the the, the retailer got about uh, 30% responsibility. There were some other issues. The installer got 30% responsibility. The homeowner got 40% responsibility, and the manufacturer got nothing. Now, I was there for the manufacturer. That might have had something to do with it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but point being that everybody in the industry has their areas of responsibility. And if the installation community wants to improve their reputation, improve their their standing in the construction and skilled trades, it's people like you that are setting a bar that people should follow, I guess is what I'm getting at, that it's not it's not going to be forced upon you but the more that follow that lead and and have that professionalism the better it's going to be for the industry and certification's a huge part of that well i think it benefits us all to again be active in the industry but i mean and i i, I keep referring to tile cuz most of my business is tile most of my contacts um in the industry are in the tile side of things but i mean i'll give you a perfect example i am super obsessive about silly things in my installations like measuring thin set. No, don't laugh. I actually measure my thin set. I have the water buckets from Lowe's or Depot or wherever. I dump the water per bag, mix it. I measure thin set. I'm okay with that. Perfect. It's my, it's my, uh, my downfall, <laughs> but I have a reputation for doing that for, you know, all of my reps. I recently had a bathroom that I was doing, and um, I had the uh, grout was cracking out, and it was a good it was a good grout. I love this grout, um, but it turned out that the um, <clears throat> that the thin set that I used may have been past the expiration date because you can't always figure out how to uh, read the expiration read dates on numbers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I should have checked it absolutely. You know that comes down to me. It has nothing to do with the manufacturer, but through my relationship with my rep, which is a direct result of my involvement in the industry and, you know, our involvement in this online community that we've developed, he says, let me know what you have to do. I'll cover you. I'll give you whatever materials and we'll take care of you. Now, it's not even a formal claim, but just because of that relationship and that rep that knows my, you know, my reputation, he's going out of his way to help me out. Yeah. Well, it's a partnership at that point. And as a manufacturer, I'd love a partnership is what we really want. We don't want customers. We want partners. So uh, that's great. I mean, I wish we had more installers like you. I'd be happy to pay claims because they're going to be few and far between. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I agree. And I think that even coming from the inspections part of the industry, you know, a lot of inspectors out there more than willing to work with, with, the installation community to at least impart that academic side of it. And I don't know if I've, especially some of the close people I work with, I've ever seen somebody try so hard to put themselves out of business by trying to reduce claims to a point that there, there would be much less need for inspections. I don't think it's going to happen even just exclusively on the side with so much do it yourself things. Um, you know, people learning from the home channel and the, the we, home TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we saw a great one on uh, "Do It Yourself" for today, didn't we, Ken? Oh. Uh, Learn from HGTV. 
Yeah, <laughs> that was something. But still better than I've seen from yeah, some you know what? professionals. Hey, they did it and they saved the money. If they're happy with it, that's all that matters. But yeah, that, <laughs> that's certainly something we fight, you know, on the installation side. We fight that, you know, the HGTVs of the world, not to call them out, but they say, oh, look, putting this wood floor in, it's so easy. You can do it yourself. Well, if it's a flat floor in a square room, then absolutely you can do it. But what if there's a step? What if there's a dip in the floor? What if there's stairs? What if there's a riser? What, you know, what are all these things? You know, they don't mention that part. So it's, it, they, they, what's the word? They, they devalue an installer because they say a homeowner can do it. And I think that's where the certification comes in. Say, look, not only do I know how to do it, I've got this piece of paper that proves I know how to do it. I've been doing this for X amount of years. This is why I charge this amount. So I think there's value in the package um, that you can sell with the actual flooring that you're selling. Because you're sell that's what you're doing. You're selling yourself to a homeowner. Well, I get a, I get a kick out of the fact that a lot of these click systems will go out and, uh, you know, so easy. You can do it yourself, do it yourself projects and you read the instructions as long as you make sure you understand F2170 and, you know, <laughs> exactly what you're saying, right? Yeah. How's a homeowner going to know that? How are they going to know that? Exactly. So as a, as a segue here, so hopefully we get better at those because in general, uh, this is all new to us, but we will have some live reads during the show and starting out since it's uh, pretty much about Sonny and I, uh, we've got a live read here. Divergent adhesives, a new way of looking at adhesives, started on the idea of providing high-quality adhesives for high-quality installers. Their team has a strong technical background and is ready to help you with your installation. Their team? Isn't that you, Sonny? Ah, no, there's a what? team. <laughs> <laughs> we have a team. <laughs> Divergent's motto is our experience ensures your success. With a full line of resilient wood and carpet adhesives, let them help you be successful. They currently have distribution in the Southeast and are actively looking for new distributor partners across the U.S. If you're interested in looking at their lineup, contact them at 407-383-6446 or 1-877-GLUE-DUDE. That's 1-877-G-L-U-D-U-D-E or visit www.divergentadhesives.com. Divergent yeah, adhesives. A, yeah, I so, took a uh, a hint from Ken and did a little marketing there. Calling myself the glue dude now. <laughs> I dig it, man. I dig it. That's gonna. It's it's memorable. That's kind of the goal. Now, but let's let's talk just a little bit about that. You started uh, divergent adhesives. You came from that world and saw some areas where you felt you could make it uh, contribute to it, make it stronger, make it better. What well, have you, done you know, to- the, the, the biggest thing that I saw or the biggest thing I've, I, I've dealt and I've made my reputation on was service after the sell. You know, it may be and that may be talking to you before you put the, the, the flooring down during it or afterwards. But uh, I just found there's a niche that if you take care of your customers and you're there to support them and answer questions when they when that phone rings and you answer it, there's a market there. So uh, I felt like I could do it and uh, was blessed to be in a position that I could do it and spent about 18 months now coming up on uh, 20 months and 
not looking back. Things are going things are going great. Things are going well. You're expanding. Obviously, you're looking for, uh, like you said here, you're looking for relationships nationwide. Yep, you're in the southeast, so of course that's the place to start. But yep, yeah, that's where we manufacture everything in Dalton. So, uh, so yeah, we're looking. We can ship all across the United States, and happy to do it. And look forward to uh, hearing from some people. Just a just a little bit of a disclaimer here. This podcast is started by Sonny and I. It's something we're working on. It's not a vehicle for any exclusive services. So just so listeners know, we'll have more information from other other products, other manufacturers. But in the meantime, why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, again, we said it yesterday. When it comes to education and podcasts like this, we, we don't have competition. We have peers, and uh, we want to bring as much information to our listeners as we can. This one just happens to be about divergent and who knows what the next one will be. But uh, before we move on, uh, when we move on, there was one thing we forgot to ask you, Ken. So before we get started, we, we, we're, we're always going to ask our guests uh, a question that maybe they're not ready for. So for you, <laughs> if you were in the Spice Girls, which spice would you be? And oh. You could be any spice. Doesn't have to be one of the group already. Oh, it doesn't have to be an existing member. No, it can be any spice that's out there. Oh goodness, I, I'd I'd have to be. I don't know. Maybe I'll be pumpkin spice. It <laughs> <laughs> is the season, right? Day two. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> wow. Orange makeup. <laughs> I said I said before I didn't know if it was going to be you or Sonny, but one of you would have to be like glossy spice, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't go where I thought it was going to go. It really did. <laughs> no, no. Uh. <laughs> we got some news stories. Let's uh, let's get out of the area. Let's try to talk about some things that uh, that are a little more manufactured. Sonny, do you got the story with you right there about the? About the technology? I didn't print no. it up. I printed the other two. No. <laughs> well, what do you do? Oh, that's right. You're the pretty one. That's right. You're the... I was going to try to find that one, but we had a story. Uh, this was. I thought this was interesting because there was an inspection side to it. And, you know, being an inspector, obviously, uh, I, I look at some of these things and I don't only see the side where the inspector may or may not have been correct, but also handling claims process, right? You, there's a there's a process between the consumer having a concern and resolution where you can have a lifelong customer, you can have somebody that's a cheerleader, somebody that's screaming about you, or you can have somebody that's screaming at you. And I think that some of these kind of fall into that category. Um, this was, uh, I think this was out of Texas. Susan Anderson hired somebody to install new wood floors in the living room and dining room. The cost was nearly $4,000. Anderson said the installers didn't have enough material to complete the job, and some of the installer, some of the installed boards that were laid down were chipped. Her complaint to the retailer weren't exactly well received, she said. All you get is double talk from them. It started with a representative from the company, came to our home, 
to give an estimate in January. The rep measured the area and install date was set for January 27th. The installers arrived, asked for the check before installing the floor. She paid it. They started the job. Is that normal procedure? You get the check before you put the floor down? I mean, not... Well, I... <laughs> putting me on the spot there um, <laughs> that's my job not all of it all i mean a deposit get, is appropriate deposit. but yeah yeah you got she the bulk of the it. payment but not all of it she said she paid it before long the installers realized they didn't have enough materials to complete the floor the floor they said the salesperson measured incorrectly and didn't order enough flooring that never happens does it it's never happened Again. I don't deal with salespeople. <laughs> if it's wrong, it's on you, right? <laughs> yeah. If something's Ms. wrong, Anderson, I did it. Miss <laughs> Anderson said that was annoying, but it wasn't the end of the world. She said the uh, she asked the installer to return the check because the job wasn't finished. We've uh, I think I lost a little bit here. Uh, they said they were taking the check. We felt it was in our best interest to call the police to document the fact that they were leaving with our check and being paid in full for the services that were not completed. Oh. After the installers left, Anderson inspected the floor, finding three boards that were chipped and one that was cut too short. She called to tell the company. Um, sure, the company uh, knew they wanted the damaged boards replaced. When the flooring installers returned, Anderson said she showed them the problem boards and they had to lift up half the boards in the dining room to replace two of them. Normal procedure? Re the whole floor up to replace two boards? Uh, um, somebody needs some uh, to, re to replace two of them. Once they got close to finishing the floor, I noticed they were counting the boards. She asked if they had enough flooring to complete the job. The installer said yes. When the installers finished, they were cleaning up. Anderson inspected the boards. The chip boards in the living room hadn't been replaced and three of the new boards were also damaged. She said she showed the installers who she said explained that one of the boxes of flooring was damaged so there were no more pristine boards to put down. The installers left. She called the retailer, the rep took the information, but no one called back. Three days later she called again, the rep told her the company did not need to fix it because they fulfilled their contract. Uh, shortly thereafter, I know I lost some of this. Uh, or am I out of order here? Uh, or... Okay, so the rep said the company's position was that the boxes were not damaged when they were delivered to my house. I interrupted them and said the boxes were never delivered to my house. The installers brought them along. When the rep, Then the rep had a different excuse, saying her painters must have chipped the floor. Impossible, she said. The area with the new chip board was still bare when the painters did their work on February 3rd. She had photos to prove it and an invoice from the painters to show the painting happened before those boards were installed. The conversation got heated. She threatened legal action. She said the rep hang up. Um, she put her complaint in writing, filed a complaint with the Better Business Bureau. Nobody responded. So she asked bamboozled for help. I'm guessing that's an online claim. Wow. Hey, so they examined. Well, clearly, the if you have a problem. You should have bamboozled handle your issues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they were clearly all bamboozled, but <laughs> Channel 4 News didn't want to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, they examined the photos of the boards. The invoice showed the painters came. She said, please inspect the material. Um, it said, please inspect material and installation for any problem. While the installers are at your house, they'll be happy to correct any problem before leaving. 
Uh, the floor would have to be pulled up to correct it. All she wants is the new is for the new chip boards, the ones the installer put down knowing they were imperfect to be replaced. Uh, we reached the company, leaving a phone message and sending a detailed email asking to reevaluate the complaint. Later that day, she got a call from a new company rep. He said the update from the installation department, and they want to come out next Saturday to replace the boards. She asked why the rep and company had a change of heart. He said he didn't know. He just received the update from installation. They, they reached out to the company. The company said they couldn't come because the new box of flooring was damaged. Oh, God. For the repair. That's ironic, given the... Given the company previously didn't believe Anderson when she when she got my pages out of order. I'm going to guess said the floor was damaged. <laughs> well, that's what she said. It was damaged out of the box, right? Um, at the end of the day, basically what happened was uh, they had to go through all of this. And I don't need to read the entire story. But they had to go through all of this. And there were so many steps in the process that customer could have gone from somebody that was telling how how good a job they did and the steps they took to resolve a problem and instead it's a news story talking i didn't use the company's name but you know the news story is talking about the company's name it's talking about everything that went wrong right mm. there's a there's a process here that could have been used way before that and inspections can be a problem with it inspections you go out and see chips boy you're hard pressed to say that that happened anywhere other than after installation. Yeah. Well, I tell you, some of my best long-term customers have started because of a complaint. A complaint is the best selling tool that's out there. If you can take that, if you can take their problem, show them you understand that problem and you're empathetic, and then you can fix it. They've got your back. And they turn out to be some of the best customers. So for a, for a company, you know, granted you didn't read all the details, but for a flooring company to 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 not take the proper actions to to make this homeowner happy, that just makes it easier for the next guy who wants to do it right. Go ahead, Ken. It's your turn. I was just <laughs> I was trying to gather my thoughts. It it kind of sounds to me like. This could have, if this was my installation, um, this was an easy repair. You know, what what was it? Three planks total, three board replacements. You're there for an hour or two, and the customer's happy. Um, it shouldn't have ever gotten to the point of having to file a claim. Now, I understand if there's chips or something, and it's something you want to send into a rep, a company, and file a claim. Okay, but at what point is... At what point is it just better business to do three plank replacements on the house and have that happy customer who's going to refer all of our neighbors down the road to you, you know, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head when you said something about, you know, stepping up to, um, you know, do a repair that nobody else wants to do. Um, real quick, I had a customer over here that had uh, three Schluter showers installed. And they uh, were calling because the tile work was kind of sketchy. So I came over to look at it. And um, after a conversation with her, she had shown me pictures of the waterproofing process. And it turned out that they had um, only run the curdy fabric up eight inches up the wall and nothing else was waterproofed. So, yeah, yeah, it was bad. But, you know, long story short, this, uh, you know, as soon as the season ends, which should be shortly, um, I'll be replacing all three showers for her. Yep. And and on your benefit, the benefit side, that's a that's a customer that's going to refer you. 
and repair pays better than installation, right? Theoretically. <laughs> There's always yes, that. Yes. Out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got the rip out plus, you know, what they, they now know what it costs them to get it done wrong. Oh, absolutely. And whatever, absolutely. But not to say that it pays more necessarily for what you charge, like you're going to gouge them or up, upcharge them. But in reality, your price is now completely reasonable and they understand when it's done wrong, it's a lot more expensive than paying to do it right the first time. There's a oh, reason absolutely. why. Yep. There's a reason why we cost more and I'll prove it to you. Just give me the chance. Right. It's just, just trying to get that chance. And that's something that we saw. We saw a lot of that being corrected in 2006 to 2008 when it really slowed down a lot of the um a lot of good shops but a lot of, a lot of the lower quality flooring contractors went out of business so we're able to kind of weed it out because they were they were doing flooring and they were doing windows and they were doing roofing and they were doing landscape and you know so now they can focus just on the flooring but um um but being able to go in there and and show a homeowner what was wrong and how to fix it is invaluable. It, again, like Paul said, you've got a customer for life. I mean, they're, they're, they're not going to go anywhere else, and they're going to tell 10 people that you did a good job as opposed to, you know, they do it wrong, they're going to tell 100 people. Absolutely. Goes. So second story for today. Since I that don't, first don't one have the technology, so well. I, I don't have that technology. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Listen to you talk for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> All right. You thought the last one went well. Don't we just assume at this point every home you go into has cameras? Oh, I know this one. I'm, this oh. is a good one. I'm glad he's doing it. I'm glad he's doing it. I take that back. No. I'm ready for Don't it. we just assume? I mean, I always assume when I'm in a house, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, I just assume I'm being recorded. You're being recorded. Yeah. I already know where this is going. <laughs> Nanny Cam catches floor contractor going through women's underwear drawer. <laughs> I don't know if you can get any more creepy than going through somebody's under drawers. <laughs> Errol and her husband hired I'm not going to say his name. Ah, you know what? He uh, got caught. Abraham Avia and his brother <laughs> to install new flooring in the downstairs area of their home. That's Work Paul at Flooring You Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a news story and dang it, if you're creepy, then the heck with it. Uh, the workers were given explicit instructions not to go upstairs. Harold told KNSD but the nanny cam showed the man the San Diego Sheriff's Department identified as Avia searching her master bedroom. It was an immediate understanding that my worst fears had been realized. According to Harold, Avia started going through her dresser drawer. He then opens the second drawer, happens to rifle through things, which unfortunately is my undergarments, Harold told KNSD. Then proceeds to pick up my perfume, smell it, put it down. He needed that, a dust mask. <laughs> that was creepy to say the least. Uh, he returned later during the floor installation and went through her nightstand, she told the television station. Come on. We can't don't we just assume we're on camera? And <laughs> and frankly, you know, not to say that it's automatic, but how many people are are, are requiring background checks at this point? Justifiably, obviously, because there's enough creeps out there that are. I would not want to have a retail store and have to hire 
subs to come in and do my work that just the liability and being able to do a background check can work it for yourself and maybe having a helper that's one thing but if you're having outside crews and you're not even going to be at the house that kind of stress i don't i don't care if that's i don't want where, that's what i used to um when i had you know a large contract with a box store i had 13 stores and 12 crews and that's exactly nonsense like that that was a constant yeah. battle just the the phone calls i would get i i just it blows my mind no i i always tell you're, you're like you're nobody kidding cares right? as that much about really your happen. business as you do that's, that's, yeah but oh, the, the insanity man. of thinking i mean orwell's 1984 that we're going to be on camera all the time how can you i mean even especially if you're a creep aren't you going to at least assume that oh my god i, I just I can't even fathom. I mean, I just worry about somebody saying something that you said in the house. I can't imagine yeah. how deprived you have to be to be in somebody else's house doing a job and rifling through their underwear drawer. And have no just, sense of paranoia or anything. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's uncomfortable going through it. Uh, I tell you, we, we had a guy, it's it's similar story, but um, you not stealing, but drug drug use so we had a big commercial job down in central florida it's actually at sea world and they said okay you've got the job but your guys who are going to be on site have to take a drug test so i went to my number one crew I, this is the guy i wanted to have the job I, I walk up i said hey buddy you know i got this job at sea world i said but you got to pass a drug test he put his arm around me he says boss i don't think i can study for that test <laughs> <laughs> So at least you're honest with me. That's all that matters. I can well, appreciate I that. The, yeah, exactly. I skipped, you know? <laughs> I skipped the scariest part of the story in the beginning where it said, uh, Harold, 84. No, oh, I'm hell. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> 107. Oh. And I don't apologize for that. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was a good one. That was worth saying. So, what do we got? I chickened out on the call. I'll try that next time. Well, I've got a bit, and I've got some things we're going to do, but I'm trying to get you get used to this a little bit. And while we want to keep it funny, we don't want it so cheesy that it looks like uh, staged. I, I, mean, <laughs> I completely went radio disc jockey, but you know. What was that? <laughs> yeah, you know, we can't sit here all day and just talk about Floyd. Do you know how many people are going to listen to this every week if that's all we're going to do is just talk about serious stuff about flooring? No, no. The only people that are listen. You're breaking up, Paul. You're breaking up. You play that again. <laughs> I'll click you off. <laughs> no, I just want to say thanks, Ken. I appreciate you coming out. We kind of held you up here for a while, but... We do appreciate you coming out, I, and, and for me as a, as a, let's just say a seasoned veteran, my, a little bit of gray here, I appreciate <laughs> the Young Bucks coming in, and uh, what you do for the industry is is not unnoticed. Let me just well, tell you, you know, there's a lot of people talking about you. We, well, that, that may be a good thing, but In a good know. way. <laughs> we just have to, you know, we, we owe it to not just ourselves, but, you know, the, the new guys coming up to set an example and you know be that installer that they can look to and say hey you know what this i love this trade i want to be like that guy 
not that I'm anything that anybody should ever emulate. Don't don't do that class. It's not what you should do. No, but no, you know it's what? like it's like what we talked about last week, though. Everybody's got to have somebody that they can call when they have a question. And the amount of questions that you answer on that Facebook page is amazing. I, I don't know how you get work done, to be honest with you, but you're always <laughs> helping them. If they got a question, this is what you do. You're getting them the reps names. Uh, again, I, I like the forum because, you know, all the reps are on there. We don't talk trash about the products. We may talk trash about each other, but, you know, we respect the manufacturers. And uh, I just think it's a good group, and I'm, I'm uh, happy to be a part of it. So that's Flooring Installers of America on Facebook. And I know you didn't start that page, but uh, you're a big part of it. So. Well, yeah, you know, and, and yeah, James Dowling started it, he, and he really didn't. He, he started it as kind of an answer to an even larger group, but you know, we, we needed something just for us here in the States and it's kind of evolved into something. And, you know, we, we put some work into it, but you know, I, I got to give a big shout out to James Dowling because without him, none of this yeah. would have been possible. Um, he really gives me more freedom with it than I should have. I, mean, I should, you know, he should That's really pull that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. yep. But, uh, you know, kudos to James because he had the vision and we just kind of, you know, take it and run. And, you know, it really, I like to think that we have an impact, but, you know, it's really an outlet for any installer out there who thinks that you're alone, thinks that, you know, you're just doing your thing. You know, there, there are more of us out there and we're here for you. We support you. And, you know, it's more than flooring. And it's more Absolutely. than just flooring. That's the best part. I remember a story of a young man. He was he was talking about how he beat his drug addiction, and he was a helper. Now he's a mechanic. Man, that uh, that guy. I hope you're listening because you touched my heart, man. I thought that, I just thought that was great to feel like we can support this young man because I don't think he had anybody else, you know. And 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 I mean, everybody was r really supportive of that young man, and I just I just thought it was great. Absolutely. And I think one thing I think one thing that really shows is that in a, the part of the business that you get is that you're in business, right? You don't have to just compete on price. You'll get better jobs. You'll get bigger jobs, more challenging jobs. But you have to be able to go out there and market yourself in any way, shape, or form you're able to do it. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business person, you don't just market on price. And if people coming into the business can start to understand that, you know, while you have to compete, you don't have to be that person that's undercutting everybody else if you're willing to build your business through every avenue that's out there to be a business person installer, not not a floor layer. Right? Absolutely. Right. There are many men in business, but not many businessmen. Yes. That's great. Totally that's great. great. That's an amazingly cheesy statement, but yeah. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> no, that's good. I, again, but we appreciate it, man. Appreciate you spending your time with us today. And hopefully this will be a first of many times you'll be here with us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. I mean, I love what you guys are doing. I love being a part of it. And, you know, I really, I think it's a good chance, um, again, to build the brand. Yeah. That's Absolutely, it. and set, setting an example. So, going forward, we're gonna we're working real pretty hard on trying to get our the podcast up on on Apple Podcasts and Spotify mm -hmm. and Google Play. Talked a little bit with Sonny about that today. It's it's amazing what you have to go through, and it's not a matter of just filling out forms. 
I went to put the Apple podcast in or the, the podcast into iTunes and I had to change the logo. I had to completely redo the logo because the format was off a little bit. I take it then I get it all good so that Apple will consider it. I go to Google play. I got to do it again. The, 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 the things that learning as we go, huh? I, I am. Gonna, I, I, can learn stuff but man it takes a long time to try to get these things going so we're going to have it on those other platforms it's coming in the meantime the only place you're going to see us on video at this point is either on our website and that should be up uh later this week or you can find us at youtube floor you podcast on youtube and follow the links as we share them thank you very much for listening thank you ken for joining us we appreciate it Yep. We sat down and talked about this. We wanted you to be our first guest because I think it give us gives everybody more of an idea. You know, we we know people that are that are, are are industry names that are commonly known, but I think this gets more to what we're trying to do. This gets more to grassroots. Bringing these bringing these uh these these examples in, and I thank you very much for joining us, Sonny. As always, it's been a pleasure. I didn't yes, annoy sir. you as much as as I thought I was going to with that. Uh, my sound effects machine. I'll try harder next week. <laughs> so thank you all for joining us. Uh, the podcasts are going to come out as quickly as we can get them out at this point. We're really not looking at uh, um, trying to have exact schedules right now because I think it's gonna. there's an importance there to have some variety for us to get better at it and, and really for us to become proficient at this process and i think branding is part of that i, I do I, I truly believe it's part of it so thank you all for uh for joining shirts. us <laughs> shirts yeah i'm pretty sure you got a shirt when we were in at the we'll cfi years ago thanks for joining us appreciate it come sail away <laughs> <laughs> thanks again thanks paul i'll catch you guys later thanks so we'll much see you later I'm sailing away. Keep going, son. Set an open call.